Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always, and today we are joined by a very special guest, Brett Campbell. And Brett is the owner and CEO of Fit International, a global health and fitness company whose products and services have helped over 45,000 clients worldwide, as well as uh, the Authority Academy, an online community for internet marketers, coaches, coaches, speakers, and small business owners. He's also the founder of uh, the Unleash Your Greatness Movement, an international live event seri- series to help others pursue living the life of their dreams. Brett's messages reach over 5 million people each week, and after having had a few conversations with him personally, I know why he's getting so much attention. Uh, having grown up in New Zealand, Brett now lives in his dream house on the beach of the Gold Coast of Australia with his lovely wife, Emily. They're two pugs, Bert and Pugsley, and I've asked him to come here today and join us to speak a little bit about his online marketing experience, managing a team, as well as tapping into our true life's potential. So Brett, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing, my friend? Man, thank you so much for having me. And um, Matt, it's a pleasure, and I can't wait to uh, to share, you know, with yourself, have a conversation, and also share with the audience. You know, we've we've actually already spent, uh, you know, pre pre recording this. You know, I, we, we were chatting last week, I think for over an hour as well, and uh, made there's definitely some, <laughs> some some synergy there. So I'm I'm pumped to be here. Yeah, no, it's an honor and pleasure. It's always great to share mind space with like minded individuals and just people that are really out to make a difference in the world. And we both really connected on that level. So. But I mean, you said you, it says your bio says you're from New Zealand, and and I don't know, like, did you come from an entrepreneurial family? How did you even get into being like in sales and marketing and being an entrepreneur? How did that come about? Was that bred into you mm. from your parents, or did you know what 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 happened? Yeah, cool. So I definitely come from the complete opposite spectrum. Um, so you know, when I was five years old, my mother um, broke up with my father. Uh, for me, the, the last memory I ever had of my father was one day I was, we were playing in the caravan park. So we were living in Australia at this time um, and we were, li- we were living in a, para- a caravan park, so my home. And um, one day I heard my mother yell out my name, Brett. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm in trouble. Um, what have I done? You know, this time right, right. <laughs> I, I, I run up through the caravan, stick my head through the door and the vision I seen was something that no kid should ever see. And it was his father had his hands on his mother and about to throw her through the window. And that was a defining moment. You know, my mum, that was the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak, where, you know, my mum packed our bags, moved me and my sister and her from Australia to New Zealand because that's where her family was and that's where she'd grown up. Hmm. Um, so we moved to a very small town um, called Huntsley, which, you know, about a couple of thousand people in there, very low socioeconomic area. And it was a town where there wasn't much happening. Hmm. You know, they really, it's one of those towns that when you share with someone, you go, yeah, I'm from Huntley. If they know Huntley, they'll go, oh, you know, it's, it's that sort of, right. You know, that place. <laughs> so that, that, <laughs> Huntley was useful because it was the town that you would drive through if you were going from one major city to another. 
Got it. Um, but now, unfortunately, now they've created a bypass, so no one actually is going to go through it. But <laughs> the town itself was a very small town, very, like, like I said, low socioeconomic area. The, the people who I aspired, you know, to be like, I guess, was, you know, the builders or, you know, the people in the trade areas um, because, mm-hmm. you know, they were the ones driving the nicer cars. Mm-hmm. They were the ones who looked like they had this life that, you know, I thought that I wanted. Right. Um, so, you know, definitely the total opposite from entrepreneurial. You know, I was that kid at 16 saying, you know, mum, mum, you know, and my stepfather at the time, I'm like, can I, I had this opportunity. Um, actually, at this time, I would have been about 17 at this time because I, I just got kicked out of high school and speaking too much, go figure. Uh, <laughs> and... <laughs> And uh, one of my bosses, he, because I fell into a cabinet making trade. So I became a tradesman, um, built kitchens, stairs, anything that you could make out of timber or metal or something like that. I was, I was making it. Um, and my boss at the time, I identified the traits that he had that made him successful. Well, not so much the traits, the things that he had. And I was like, oh, He's got a lot of properties. You know, he's always mm. talking about this place, this place, buying and selling this one. I'm like, how do I get my skin in the game? You mm-hmm. know, so he actually came to me one day. He goes, well, look, I've got an opportunity for you. They're selling, you know, pieces of land up here for like $30,000 $30, each. And I'm like, whoa, that's, a, you know, for me, I was on six bucks an hour as an apprentice to start right, with at that right. stage. And, and I went back to my, you know, my mother and stepfather who at the time, like, we weren't like struggling to live, you know, um, the earlier stages of my life w- was, was like that. Um, not so much struggling, but we didn't have any of the extra things in life. Um, but my, I went to my mother and stepfather said, look, I've got an opportunity. I want to buy a, you know, me being me. I said, I want to buy five sections. It'll only be <laughs> not right. one. I wanted to buy five. Um, and they're like, Oh no, we can't do that. It's too risky. You know, I don't want to have to get another mortgage and, and or I don't, you know, I don't want to bump the mortgage back up. You know, they were safe. They felt safe where they were. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that that actually, man, I, w- I wish I had some cash back then or I wish I knew someone with some cash because, you know, that 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 actual deal would have made, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars at the time um, if, if I had jumped into it. But again, I was hungry at the time and I didn't have the opportunity. So one thing I did realize was if I wanted anything in life, I have to go out there and work for it and I have to take control of my own destiny. And that's, that's really where my grounding comes from is, you know, you have conversations with entrepreneurs. They're either, their parents were very entrepreneurial, one of them, and they helped mentor them into the space um, or they're the complete opposite. Right. Mine was the complete opposite. Right, right, right. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I think that's – and you know, to be honest, most of the people that we have on the show, they don't come from entrepreneurial backgrounds. It's been some sort of life event or something that's happened that's really caused them to take action and just be uh, dissatisfied. You know, It's almost like a good dissatisfaction mm-hmm. that causes them to get up and move. But do you feel that there were some milestones that you went through? Like what was one of the greatest challenges that you went through in your journey? So you realized that you needed to you know, forge it on your own and then what happened? Like what was your first business venture? Aside from this, well, I, I I fell into a job, right? So when I was, you know, sixteen, kicked out of high school, fell into the cabinet making job, and I was being groomed to take over the factory, you know, to end up becoming a partner in it and buying out one of the other bosses and so forth, etc. And long story short, I I, st- I was at that job for five years too long. Like I knew from day one that it wasn't what I was meant to be doing on this planet, 
you know, mm-hmm. but I thought, oh, you know, I'm st- I'll hold on to this dream. Right. And even I knew even then I was like, well, even if I did have everything that my bosses had, I, I still wouldn't feel complete. Like, I mean, it's not that I wasn't happy that, you know, I could have a, a decent car and a house and, you know, get to go on holidays. Yeah. I just knew that there was more inside of me as a person, as a human yep. being. Um, but there was no one entrepreneurial like in that space, you know, that was surrounding me that I could even aspire to men, you know, to be like, or to, you know, I, my honest understanding was when I, when I was driving past houses, like really big houses. And, you know, if I ever went to a big city, cause again, we're not from the city. Like if I went mm-hmm. to the city and I seen big houses on the water and they're like, Oh, that house is like a million dollars. I'm like, Holy shit. Like, mm-hmm how does someone buy that? <laughs> you know, how does someone have the money? Like I was literally wanting to go and knock on people's doors and go, <laughs> like, excuse what you, me. Yeah, what do you do? You tell me what job you do. <laughs> yeah. What, what, no, did, the words I said was what job? Cause mm. that was my thought. I didn't realize that, you know, there was this thing called the entrepreneurial world that we could actually, you know, and now with the online, you know, space and digital marketing, et cetera, it's just been so easy. Um, well, not so easy, but it, it's never been so easy for yeah. anyone to to be able to get their dreams out there. But I was just stuck in this this place where I just didn't understand. And like you said, it got to a point for me where, you know, I had to make this decision. I was mm. going to stick at this job until, you know, the five-year plan was that one of the bosses would retire and I'll take over. Mate, eight years Let's fast forward actually 10 years now and he's still there. So I still <laughs> – Right. You um, still be working and but, wondering when – yeah. Yeah. But it got to a point where it's just that, you know, I guess the pain had, had driven that that much with inside of me that – and and it had been a buildup. It wasn't like this. I woke up in the morning. I just said, you know what? Today's the day. You know, I'd had that conversation with myself mm. months and weeks and, you know, and it was – I need to do something different. But the problem was – was I didn't know what I was going to do. Mm. You know, I'd, I'd had no idea what I was going to do. Um, so, you know, I was like 22 years old, had a mortgage because, I, you know, I built my first house at 19 and, you know, I had 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 a mortgage there and I was like, what am I going to do? Because I still have to pay this mortgage each week, so I need an income. And this was before I even had the thought process that you can do your own stuff. Right. Um, and I thought, you know what I'm going to do? Because at high school, I was good at three things. Okay. I was good at woodwork. I was good at physical education and I was good at lunch. Mm. <laughs> I wasn't going to get paid to eat. Right. I'd already tried woodwork. So I thought, let's take a stab at this physical education stuff and why not become a fitness instructor or a personal trainer? Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, how do I do that? I was like, well, I think you might have to just go to university. So I left a full-time job that was secure. It was security, right, mm-hmm. with a mortgage to go and take out a student loan um, and go even even in more debt <laughs> to right. go and try this four-year degree. And I got to the end of the first year, and I was like, wow, this is like the most ridiculous thing ever. This is the <laughs> curriculum. This is how people learn shit. Right. Like I'd gone from working you know, 50 hours, 60 hours some weeks to going to university to one or two classes a day. Like I spent most of my time at the gym and at the pub. Yep. Right? <laughs> and, Sounds like typical and university I was like, experience. Yeah, I was like, wow, okay, what a, I, I basically wrote that year off as a bit of a gap year. I was like, wow, I think I needed that, you know, going straight from high school 
to you know I'm, I'm working a full-time job and my friends are still at high school you know I didn't get to finish my last year at all and um but I took a stab and you know at the end of the the first year of university I uh my sister I was talking to my sister she was living in Australia at the time in Sydney and she said because I had six weeks holiday at the end of the um university year I was like wow this will be awesome what am I going to do part of me was like, I should just go back to my job because I was at my job. Like the great thing was, was I could go back to my job anytime and, and fill in a few hours. Like they, mm. they wanted me back. So mm. it sort of helped me as well. You know, I might go on a Saturday and do six hours and, you know, earn a, what at the time I think it was on like 20 bucks an hour, but you know, $120 was yep. go a long way in the pub yep. <laughs> as a yep. student, right? Yep. <laughs> but, but I did what I needed to do to get through. And yeah, my sister said to me, why don't you come over here at Christmas, spend some time in Sydney. If you want to build our pool fence and our decking and all of that, um, you can stay here for free for six weeks and, you know, we'll pay for everything. I was like, cool, good deal. Jumped on the plane, came over. While I was over here, I did some investigating on the computer, you know, how to become a personal trainer, how do you, you know, all of this stuff. I was starting to question this university thing and uh, I found a place where you could do a personal training course for like in 12 weeks and even better you could do it by correspondence and I was like okay I think I'm going to do this and uh mate I went back to New Zealand to, at the end of the holiday two weeks later I moved back to the Gold Coast and this I haven't left since that's awesome that's so awesome got it so then what were some of the challenges or milestones that you had to go through in your business career? Because it obviously wasn't like an, an overnight success, right? I mean, you weren't just like, no. yeah. So what do you think, feel well, like were some of the things you had to figure out along the way? Well, one of the biggest things, the biggest, I guess, moments was this transition from, you know, because I, I ended up becoming a personal trainer. Um, you know, I was really good at it, at a sense, it, it, and it wasn't hard for me to get clients. You know, mm-hmm. I was working in a big gym. I had the gift of the gab. I could go and talk to people and be genuinely interested in their results and what they're doing. So it wasn't hard for me to actually pick up clients, mm-hmm. which again has sort of been an Achilles heel for me throughout my life. Right? I, you know, all ego aside, I've generally been pretty good at most things. Like right. I can pick things up. Right. I haven't really had to be on on my knees struggling. Yeah. Um. And that at times, and it's probably one of the biggest things I generally talk to, the point of, you know, life's okay. But I was on this path and I was like, come on, Brett, you've moved to to Australia. You're going to have a real good hot go at this. Maybe you don't know what you're really doing right now, but look, just, you know, do your best in every area. And anyway, I was walking out one evening to go and train clients in the afternoon because a personal trainer, you know, you get up at four, you train people at five till 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. and then you go home for, for a snooze if you can. <laughs> and then you go do your afternoon shift until nighttime. And that, that's sort of what it was like a little bit. And um, for me, I was walking out past my roommate, her computer at the time, and I seen a, um, a PDF document and it had a picture of a guy doing a squat, like a before and after photo. I was like, what? What is that? She goes, oh, I just bought it. It's a workout program. I paid 37 bucks for it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you just, my first thought was, why are you paying him 37 bucks? You should be paying me because I'm right, a trainer. Right, right, right. That was my first thing. But then I was like, oh my gosh, simultaneously, I had this light bulb just bloody explode in my head and go, wow, this is the avenue that I'm going to be able to use to get my message out to the world because this person was from America, right? They were literally sleeping at the time. Right. It's that first time the whole concept of make money while you sleep, sleep really resonated with me. 
and you know, so I got to it. I, I did. I became, you know, what I would say obsessed about learning how to, you know, create a product and build a funnel and all of these things. You know, back then it was like I was learning HTML coding, how to build landing pages, all of that stuff. Right. Right. I was a personal trainer, man. I didn't sign up for that stuff. Right. But I was like, if I want to do this, if I want to create these products and services, then I need to do it. I created a product called the Twenty One Day Rapid Fat Loss Blueprint, and I, I spent 1,300 hours, and I know 1,300 hours at a minimum because I tracked it. You know, <laughs> a guy, a mentor of mine at the time said, you should track your time and energy you're spending on this stuff with your um, stopwatch so you can actually see how much time you've spent on it. I'm like, hey, good idea. I got to 1,300 hours. I was like, man, this is I'm, I'm stopping tracking this. It's it, I've spent enough time on it. And then I, I finally launched my product, right? I was... Um, at the time, this was when you know people were really hyping and going, you know, you're going to make six figures in, right. in three days you're and all. Right, a bazillion dollars. And, Just click your mouse. Yeah, yep. Someone, yeah, pretty much. What they forget to tell you the missing ingredients, which I'll share with everyone in a minute. But I launched the product, and um, you know, first sale come through. I was like, yeah. First sale was my mother. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which, which was, I was probably more upset that she didn't actually follow the program. She just did it out of sympathy. But <laughs> long story short, mate, I sold about 20 units. I ended up making about $540. I was like, oh, my gosh. That's awesome. If you do the maths, 1,300 hours divided by um, you know, $540, it works at about 41 cents an hour right. that I could put as my time. I was like, my gosh. So, again, I was faced with two options. One, I could just go back and be in a trainer and be good at it and continue to – you know, make an okay living, make okay money. Yeah. A couple of grand a week. I was like, man, this is pretty. And, and again, I don't, um, just, you know, that, that's, that's good money, right? Yeah, there's Especially, nothing wrong with that. I worked my ass off for like 600, $800 a week as a, as a cabinet maker. Um, you know, to then earning that, it was, it was a big step up for, for that's me, right. but sure it wasn't even about mine. the money. It was, it, yeah, it wasn't even about the money. It was all about what, I could accomplish and what I could achieve and this burning desire was inside of me that I knew needed to escape, but I didn't know what it was. And yeah, I obviously took the path of um, most resistance and I went and went and stuck at it. I, you know, I I learned the process. I learned because what, what the experts don't tell you and especially not at this time, they never told you this. The reason, do you want to know the reason why I only made $540? Why did you only make $540? Because I only had an email list at the time of 350 people. Mm. Now, now let me give you some clarity on that. Out of that 350 people, there would be at least 200 people that I didn't even know. I was the guy that would walk around and I'd see a business card. I'd pick up a business card and just add it to my Excel spreadsheet. Mm. Right. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd get emails back going, who the hell is this? Yeah, Why are you sending me this newsletter You know, type shit? And I'm right. like, oh, oops, you don't want it? Okay, sorry. Um, cause I was desperate, right? I was doing whatever I could do right. to, to gain, cause they didn't tell you that you had to, you know, generate an email list. And I know it's common sense, right? But they also don't tell you that, oh, the only reason I made a thousand or 10,000 sales this week is cause I had 10 of my buddies who have half a million people on the email list sending out to this as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I realized quickly that it had nothing to do with my product because my product, I actually converted over 10%. Right. Right. Which is great. I'd take that conversion any day of the week. Right. But I just didn't 
have enough people to put my message in front of. So that's where this new obsession of going, how can I get my message in front of as many people as possible? Mm. Yep. And to date, you know, we've generated over 450,000 leads, closer to 500. Um, you know, I, I, sh I share that in the last four years alone, on average, we've generated 308 leads, 491 fans, and 30 customers a day. That's um, awesome. And it's only because I changed my direction on what I'm really doing, thought less about the how do I actually create this thing and, and how do I actually more so put it in front of someone, you know, because to date, and I'll share this because it's 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 something that pisses me off in the industry, you know, I, I want, tr you know, total transparency, you know, when there's, you know, Guru X says that he made $605,000 using this same webinar formula and you can too, it's full of shit. Right. He doesn't tell you he's got a million people that he sends his email to. Yep, yep. You know, we, we made $101,000 in one day. Yep. You know how we did that? Because we sent the message to a couple of hundred thousand people at the time. Yep, yep. That's all. You know, <laughs> and, and this is where I like to, you know, steer that conversation going, don't get disgruntled by not being able to get the results. Yep. Because you know what you need to have. You need to start building your email list. Mm -hmm. You need to start building your community. Yep. And that's the best thing, the decision I, I think I've ever made when it comes to business, you know, but I had to learn the hard way. I had to fall flat on my face and go, oh, Jesus, product didn't work, you know, because I, I went through all that, the, oh, geez, people mustn't like my product. It must suck. What did I do wrong? Maybe it's the copywriting. Maybe it's this. And you know, I had no idea. Right. At the end of the day, it just wasn't enough people. And there's different lists. There's every business. So, yeah, if you're in business, you're in the business of building and nurturing lists. And there's kind of like there's the unknown universe, which are the people out there that you're not sure. Like you don't even know they exist. And they may or, you know, they may know about you, but you don't know who they are. Then there's like the known universe, people that you kind of know, know of you, but you don't really know how to reach out to them or to get a message in front of them. But you know that your name's in those circles. Then there's your lead list, which is kind of like your own, like whatever, whoever's opted in, to, right? Your email list, kind of what you're talking about. And then from that email list, when you're putting your offers out there, then you get a buyer's list. And then you've got the buyer's list in your business. And then you've got your multi-buyer's list because there's usually, you know, only a small percentage of your buyers will buy a second, third, fourth, fifth time, depending on how your systems are set up. And then after your multi-buyers, you've got all your lost customers lists. And so in most businesses, they have at least these six lists. And your business is about growing and building those lists. So, um, and each of them. And one feeds the other, feeds the other. And a lot of people don't really like everybody knows that a business needs regular repeat customers for right to be sustainable but no one actually has a process to do that like I it pains me one of the most painful things for me is like to go to a really good restaurant that I know is struggling because I'll be there like I have a perfect example I went to this Indian place a few months back uh, with my girlfriend we've broken up since but um, went to this great e rest, e uh, Indian restaurant and I'm sitting down and there's about enough seats for 50 people it's a fancy place all the waiters are really nicely dressed up we sit down there's us and two other couples in the place you know and I dropped like a hundred bucks and I know and I'm sitting there and I wasn't really able to enjoy my meal because it was like six o'clock at night on a Tuesday afternoon and I'm like looking I can see the manager standing by the kitchen and he's he like got his suit on and his nice big tie and stuff and I'm like he's probably freaking out because like these three meals won't even cover the expenses for the last hour you know and mm. I'm like he's probably like just like shitting bricks so to speak and I'm and I wasn't I wasn't able to be comfortable to eat my meal because I could I could empathize like I knew what the guy was going through and you know it's not 
and I've, I've given out enough free advice. I mean, I give advice in the podcast, but at least people come here and they want it. Like, you know, I've done it where I give people free advice and they don't take action. And it, it, so I usually just, you know, I, I'm getting better at not giving unsolicited advice. But, you know, we finish, we pay, and we go to leave, and, like, we walk out the door. And I'm like, I just spent 110 bucks. This place is dying. And they don't know who I am, how to contact me, or how to get me to come back and be a repeat buyer. And, you know, it's just the biggest, like, mm-hmm. everybody knows any regulars. I mean, that's why they had their suits, and they were so nice, and they did everything. And I'm like, they're obviously trying to, like, have it make us have a great experience, so we'll come back. But how are they going to invite us back? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I, we're going to walk oh. away, and the owner's going to be like, oh, we got to do something. I know. Let's hire a social media girl. Let's get a Facebook page. Go, like, you know, just some random stuff that is. So everyone that's listening to this call, I think you really need to think about what are the lists that you've got in your business? What lists do you currently have? You know, where is the unknown universe where you know your prospects are, but you don't really know who knows you from there? Who do you know that you can reach there's out? Also, there's also get... another list that I want to add to that is your unsubscribe list. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's Mine. another one. My unsubscribe list is bigger than most people's list. <laughs> yeah. um, and there's many things that you can do with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And no, not selling them is not one of them. Right. right? That's, if, that's not one of them. But what you can do, and I'll give a tactile tip here because I do like tactile tips as well, is upload your unsubscribe email list to Facebook and target them again with a new Facebook ad and offer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they opted out, they may not. They may not dislike you. They just got sick of the emails about blank topic. If you got yeah. a new product or new something, that's. I mean, again, they're people who know, like, and trust you. You know. But see, might, that's the one percenters though. That's the one percenters that even someone listening to that right now goes, "Oh, that's a good idea," but they won't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so wow, that's a really cool idea. I'm gonna. They'll probably more likely share that idea with someone than actually do it themselves. Yeah, yeah, because. Uh, well, cause and that's the difference of being great. Yeah, that, that's the difference of being great at what you're doing and truly believing and buying into the message that you truly have. Because when you believe that, when you truly believe what it is that you want to share with the world, you'll do every single thing that you possibly can to make that happen, even if it means uploading unsubscribe list so you can get someone back on. Because mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, have you ever unsubscribed from something but you would all, you'd go back again? Mm-hmm. Of course you would. Yeah. I've unsubscribed from dozens and dozens of lists because yeah. that's just what I do. Yeah. But it doesn't mean I'm like, I never want to hear from you ever again, you jerk. Like, well, that's not the mentality that I'm having. Yeah, no, it's like switching channels on a TV. You're like, ah, like, off. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Perfect example. So, now, I mean, I guess that's, so what would you recommend to people that are starting out and struggling? They're like, all right, I need an email list. I followed this webinar template that, you know, that I was told <laughs> to, to, to do, and I did the webinar, and I got, yeah. I got five people to sign up for it, and I got no sales. Now what do I do? Here's what I'll do. Firstly, I'll tell them to stop consuming that shit. Hmm. Okay, stop going on to the next pod, or the next webinar that's going to teach you the the brand new thing until mm-hmm. you get clear on that thing. What I mean is, you know, I've created a, um, like you said in my bio, Authority Academy, which is you know a coaching community where I now help entrepreneurs, small business owners, etc. And we we follow this framework called the Authority Roadmap. You know, the nine key pillars of what it really does take. You know, that does make up. And I shared this with you actually um, last time we talked, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I went, you, I took you through that. The first thing that every single person I truly believe should be doing, number one is <clears throat> do something that's going to get you enough income that you can live, right? I'm just going to presume that you, you have enough income to be able to pay the bills. Right. But before you go out and try and build your empire or change the world, come back and get some congruency. 
first thing, there's there's three levels to this authority roadmap. There's the discover, design, <clears throat> excuse me, and deliver. The discover is we must discover a few things first. The first thing we must discover is the foundation. What is your vision? What is your mission of your business and you as a person? What is it that you truly want to do? What do you put on this planet to fulfill? Right? Mm-hmm. Most entrepreneurs are just out there for the quick buck. They're already working. They're working on the right things, but at the wrong time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So powerful, right? Because mm-hmm. yes, it is important that you do Facebook ads. It is important that you understand funnels. It is important that you may need to learn webinars or podcasts or any other modality out there. But is it the right time for you to be doing that? Mm-hmm. So I, one of the biggest messages that I really want to power home and I continue to power home on every show I speak on and all of these things is it may not be the sexiest stuff, but I know that this is exactly what people need. Mm-hmm. I know that that's what it needs because you'll get five, six months down the track, maybe a year, two years, and you go, shit, I don't even think this business is the one I want to be in. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So many people are climbing ladders, leaning against the wrong walls, you know, yeah, they're trying they, to be they successful. They, and then you get there and you're like, well, okay, but this isn't what I want. Yep. They see someone talk about, oh, I did a survey funnel and I made you know $1.2 million using the survey funnel. You should use it too. And then all of a sudden they're jumping to try and implement a survey funnel. Then they're trying to implement a webinar automated you know, evergreen because now I don't have to do any work and I can just have an automated webinar playing and just make money while I sit on the beach sipping bloody champagne or whatever the, the uh-huh. fallacy that's in their heads. But when you come back to it and you go, let's get, let's get grounded here. Let's really uncover why you're doing what you're doing. What is it that you want to be doing? You know, and I asked this question, what would you do for free for the rest of your life if money was not a problem? Mm-hmm. Mm. Would you be doing webinars on XYZ topic? Right. You know, I'll tell you what, one thing I would be doing is this right here, right? Chatting, yeah. talking yep. to fellow entrepreneurs, sharing this message because I love this. I'd do this for free. For, well, I'm doing it for free <laughs> like, for the rest of my life. <laughs> right? Yep. Yep. And we need to be able to come back to this and reconnect, realign. That's my first piece of advice. Before I, because I was that guy, I was that naive novice coach when I first jumped in, as we all are, you know, we're all trying to figure this shit out. I would say, yeah, first thing you need to do is um, build your email list and build a funnel and do this. Mm-hmm. Create this product and, like, you know, one of the first steps. Go and buy this video camera so you can film you. It's like what right. the last thing someone needs to do is jump to step, you know, eighty-six right. when they haven't even got connected. And any clarity in their life's purpose. Because that's a powerful thing. I mean, it, like you said, you put in thirteen hundred hours and at the end of the day it turned out that you were getting paid forty cents an hour. You know, but launch what is it? Entrepreneurs will you know. <laughs> but but I mean, it was because you were self directed. You know, if you're doing that cool. and if you're trying to do this because you have kids and you're trying to make bills at the end of the month and you're trying to learn this thing, I mean, because you already had, you were already, like like you said, you had, we call it roof and ramen. You know, you had your roof and your ramen. You had your, you had a you know, place to sleep and food in your belly. You had that covered. And so you're doing this out of self-directed passion at the time, you know, you might have ups and downs, but it was something that you were passionate about doing. You were directing yourself and doing, and you had the liberty for that. But if people are trying to come for this and it's like they're jumping from a sinking ship onto that, I mean, it can be, you know, like starting a business is really, can be really sketchy and scary and you're going to have to go through stuff and commit to hours and doing things that, you know, it's not about the money at all. And so I love that message because, and you find a lot of people try to hit that home because you, if you've got, 
a deeper connection, deeper purpose, it doesn't matter. You know, like you can wake up, you can, you, you just find that motivation, that perseverance. Perseverance is all the hard work you do when you're sick and tired from all the hard work you just finished doing. And if you are on a mission to change the world, if you are on a mission of this is my purpose in life, then it doesn't matter to you. You know what I mean? It's, it's not, it's not a sacrifice at all. It's just another no, day. It's not. So, yeah. it does, and the great thing there to speak to that point is it doesn't mean you're not going to go through ups and downs and have shit days. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, I know what I'm meant to be doing on this planet. Yeah. And it's to share the message that life's too short to not be living to your full potential. I believe mm. that at my core and I would stand. And this is when you know, you know, okay? Yep. If you would stand on Oprah Winfrey's couch and scream from the top of your lungs, this is what I'm meant to do on this planet. And you believe that then you, you know, you're, yeah. you're on the right path. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And yep. is, and the only reason I can speak to that, um, is I was the guy who was, I was chasing opportunities rather than building them. Mm, you know, I, 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 like I, I talk about that in, in my book and I, it, it's one of those things that I think too many entrepreneurs are doing because the, the next thing comes out, you know, the next greatest thing comes out, you know, there's trends. It's like become an affiliate marketer, sell other people's products, you know, jo- join this multi-level marketing thing because you'll, earn residual income for the rest of your life, et cetera, et cetera. And people are buying into the desperation of what they think that that thing's going to give them mm-hmm. without asking, what the heck do you want? Yeah. You know, I was that guy. When I first came to Australia, someone's like, hey, you should come along to this. Um, do you like business? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Very naive. I was like, oh, yeah, I think, yeah, I'm excited. Okay, <laughs> come along to this. come along to this event. You know, there's amazing opportunity for you to make, you know, we've got guys there who are doing, you know, like 40000 a month, $100,000 a month. And remember, I was in a situation where, you know, $800 a week was huge, yep. right, at that time. Yep. And I'm like, $40,000 a month? This person, I need to get onto this. Yep. Get there, get put in a room. They get all the people who are making this, you know, whether they're making it or not, money, and then all of a sudden, hey, join up here and you can sell these products. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. But there's so many people around there who are still naive to this. Oh, yeah. And, it still works. <laughs> Unfortunately. And I, I think we, you know, well, me especially, I take this on as, as a, I believe, a moral obligation that I need to be doing everything I can to get my message in front of people because I truly believe that I know that it can help people. Yeah. You know, and there's – when it, that's when it becomes easy. It doesn't become hard because you just read back a line with, with that. Yep. Even people that listen to this podcast, the intro, say my mission is to help create 200 new multi-million, multi-millionaire business owners who solve world problems with entrepreneurship. Why do I say that? Why do I just want to help create 200 new multi-millionaires? Because if you aren't tapped into some great cause within yourself – you know, one, you're just you're just going to run out of steam or momentum. The next shiny object might be more attractive. You know, you really got to love what you do. So I think that's a great, 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 great message. So what's the design part? The design. So that well, let let me just quickly go through the discover. So there's creating the foundation. Then the second part to that is understanding your customer and community. Hmm. And that that's. I spend a lot of time and energy generally on that when I'm speaking mm-hmm. about this framework, you know, especially at my events and stuff, because I think it's the missing link between the ah, I've got it moment for entrepreneurs. And it's this concept about creating a movement. And it's it goes 
you know, I preface it as two, three layers deeper than what a customer avatar is. Because most business 101 is like, understand who you're targeting and then go out there and target them with a message. Right. Now, there's more than just understanding that your customer avatar is Sue, she's 32 years old, she works, you know, at a bank and she does this and et cetera. She's got three cats and 18 goldfish, whatever it is. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's important. But what's more important is truly understanding the foundations of creating a movement and a community because the way that this world is moving right now, community is extremely powerful, extremely powerful. Um, And, you know, part of this movement concept is there's four pillars um, that make up a movement. Um, there's the you provide a plan. What's the plan you're providing for this movement? Okay. Uh, what do you advocate for? What do you defend against? And what do you define and unify? One of the things that I think is extremely powerful, and that is, you know, what do you advocate for? What do you advocate for? And there's several different points. One of my major points and a good talking point is products that encourage adoption. Hmm. Okay. So I advocate for products that encourage adoption meaning when someone gets it i want them to go through it i need to make it as easy as i possibly can for this person to consume this content or training video or framework or whatever it is that i'm sharing hence why i really work in frameworks if i can't create a product or a training that is in less than 20 minute video training and on i can't explain on a one to two page max pdf framework then i need to go back to the drawing board and recreate it Mm. Because it's too com- now, complex. Exactly. But I, how did I arrive to that? Because I didn't always create products that, you know, a video that was three minutes, five minutes, ten minutes. Right. Because I was like, oh, I think people want this. I think, you know, everyone's doing hour-long video trainings and webinars, so I better do that. I'll ask you. I know you. Your personality right now, I know, does not want to go through an hour-long training video no, to find the best fits for you. You don't. <laughs> you want the two-minute video that shows you how to insert a tracking pixel onto your retargeting page, etc. Right. 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 That's what we want. Um, so it's about again connecting. What is it that your your customers, your your community really want and really need? Um, so the third part to the dis- to the discover is your authority model, which is your business model. Right, the offerings, the products, the services, the ascension process that you have in place that will ascend someone from a prospect all the way through to a raving fan. Super important. Mm-hmm. Then we jump up. If we if we're imagining, you know, nine squares, these are the three bottom ones. Um, and, and actually, I'm happy to give you, you know, the the framework, the image of it, so people can see it. If you wanted to to shine some light on it, sure. Um, to make it easier to people understand. The, the design phase is the first step is what we call perfect funnels. And that's okay. where you start to now design your sales funnels, the funnels that you need. And we have, you know, I, I reckon and reckon that there is, you know, nine clear distinct funnels that you'll use. You know, one of them might be a webinar. One's, you know, if you're writing a book, like right now, we've just introduced another one because we've just written a book and that's quite a complex funnel of, you know, this step, then this happens, then that happens. So you've got to design the right funnel for the right offering. People will go and watch someone's training video and go, yeah, I'm going to use that funnel for this that I'm offering. But it might not be the best strategy for that. Mm-hmm. So there's there's what we call the perfect funnels. The next step in the design phase is what we call social authority. And this is where you now start you know, building your Facebook pages, your communities, your groups, your Pinterest, your Snapchat, your Instagram, using the right social platforms for the right outcome and for your audience. Right. Okay. 
Most people jump straight into social authority. They're trying to build fan pages when they truly don't even know the message that they're trying to have and send to their community. Mm, mm, mm. Right. So this is why I say people are working on the right things, but just at the wrong time. Yep. The next phase after social authority uh, is what we call auto marketing machine, and this is where we start designing our. Um, you know, our campaigns, our email campaigns, our autopilot campaigns, as we'll put it, you know, the ones mm-hmm. that you can set and forget and people are still being, you know, getting the touch points and all of those things. Um, so that's the design phase. Then we go up to the top, which is the deliver. And this is where we start to now. How do you get your message, your um, products, your services actually out there? Mm-hmm. Right? Because you could have the best sales funnel, the best social media looking pages but if you don't have an audience or a strategy to get it out there then you you know you're basically pushing shit uphill ain't gonna work (laughs) (laughs) so the 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 top line as we call it the um the discover is um what we call pr publishing and that's where you know you might design like this right here is one method of your pr publishing platform Mm -hmm. you've got a podcast you know, you, are you doing guest blogs? Are you doing blog posting? Are you got your own blogs? Are you doing your own videos, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's the methodologies on how you can get your message out there. Okay. The next step after that is what we call fast track traffic. And that's where you now start to scale the pants off your business. Anytime I speak to an audience, I'll, you know, and I'm talking about social media or anything like that, I will ask the audience who has spent money on Facebook. of people will put their hands up. Right. My follow-up question, who spends money on Facebook every single day? And 90% of the hands go Go down. down. Yeah. (laughs) Like, why? Oh, I know why, because you don't have a strategy. Yet you're willing to go and blow 30, 50, 100, couple of hundred bucks on ads, hoping that what you think you have done by following part of Guru A's methodology is going to work. Yeah. Right. It amazes me how many people are prepared to actually go and spend money on ads, but not spend money on a mentor to show them how to do it properly the first time. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, yeah. Pennywise, pound, pound foolish. Oh, it's it's crazy. You well, know, it's like, like, our, it's our, like swimming. Yeah, I mean, you can teach yourself how to swim, but <laughs> <laughs> it'd be yeah, more helpful luck. to have have someone there to catch you if you're messing up. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and. You know, with the fast track traffic, that's all about, you know, using the right platforms, Facebook advertising, Instagram, is it Pinterest, is it YouTube, you know, you name it, whatever's the best for you, that's what you need to uncover. And then the ninth and the final step in what we call the authority roadmap is the dream team. So how do you build your dream team? You know, what are the things that you do to gain support? Because you're mm. going to, it's going to get to a point for you where you're like, shit, yeah, I can't do much. all of this. Yeah. You know, like our our business, we manage about 50 fan pages, right? We've got in our own community about 50 different fan pages, right? Wow. And that's what I call it. It's another process I call the social ecosystem. Hmm. And um, the interesting, I'll share, if you want me to, I'll share you how I came to that. Sure. Um, with the social ecosystem, one day I was sitting on Facebook, some you know, a big page or someone like my post got a lot of views. I was like, wow, what's this about? Checked it and then I did some investigating and a big page actually shared one of my posts. I was like, wow, that's had heaps of reach. Why did that happen? Well, someone shared it. I was like, oh, cool. 
then I'm like waiting for more people to share it. And then I'm like, wait on a minute. If when you share a post, it gets more views. What if I actually shared my own post? Mm. And I'm like, what would I need to do to achieve that? Well, I'd need to sh- have another page, wouldn't I? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there gives birth to the social ecosystem. Now, I know people who charge $10,000 to share that exact strategy that I just shared with you. They just add more fluff to it. Mm-hmm. $10,000 for two days. So if, if you take anything from this episode, success leaves clues, right? Yeah. That's oh, yeah. why we're able to get our message out to 5 million people a week. That's how, you know, my one of my biggest Facebook lives, um, you know, I share this strategy as well because I think you've got to stay on the stay on the cutting edge of what is hot right now. And right now, Facebook Live, as you can see, is hot right now. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to boil over soon because I've noticed a progression in my news feed. And this is the, the you know, again, Mark Zuckerberg doesn't send me a personal email and tells me this. So I just pay attention. You know, what started out with about four out of the first 10 posts of Facebook Lives now are creeping up to about eight out of 10 at times. The first, you know, if you go to your news feed, go and count how many Facebook Live videos are the first 10 posts. Yeah, you know, are in the first 10 posts. It's getting to a point where there's going to be too much. But I want to I want to capitalize the pants off it whilst it's working. Yeah. You know, one of my videos, 30 minutes, I, I reached 1.4 million people. And people, how do you do that? Because my page at the time had about 70,000 fans personally, and that is not enough to get your video to reach 1.4 million. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. But guess what is? Sharing it. <laughs> it sure is. That's right. Yeah, and that's like. Should I wait for other people to share it or should I do it? Well, you can share it. I mean, that's uh, no different than uh, what they used to do is when they had a. Because Facebook, Facebook ads is always kind of hinky, and so you gotta like trying to scale it. I know guys that they've just made, created four or five ad accounts, or used four or five, and had the exact same stuff that was working in account one, you know. But it was like their cost per conversion just started whatever going out the window when they raised their bid any two, you know, or spending over a certain amount per month. So they would just clone it across four or five different accounts. If they couldn't get the scale they wanted from one account, they would just copy it and make you know six, seven mm. different accounts, the exact same ads, the exact same targets, everything the exact same but what it is is that you know your google or facebook's trying to limit how much you can bid on that that one spot so yeah 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 yep. that's a good strategy you just gotta think outside strategy. the square and, so, and give yourself permission to try things you know i tried one thing back in 2012 that came out we generated 12,564 new leads in 24 hours mm, by mm, simply doing it yep yep Well, and I think the real magic, honestly, the two parts of this is just, you know, really getting clear on your on your target customer. We did an interview with Glenn Livingston. I've known him for a long time. He entered 17 niches profitably simultaneously. 9-11 happened. Him and his wife were launching this uh, like a conference center. They suddenly ended up a million dollars in debt because after 9-11, no one was traveling to go anywhere. And he had to figure out what he was going to do. And he, he was a consultant for all these Fortune 100 companies. And so he applied his sur- – I mean the survey funnel now, Ryan Levesque's survey funnel. Ryan is the prodigy of Glenn Livingston. Glenn had a survey. Ryan now uses four of them. Um, but anyway, so Glenn did that. But he would say that he wouldn't enter a market until he felt changed by the research he'd done, till he felt mm-hmm. a switch in his empathy and his understanding for who they were. And uh, that allowed him to go into 17 inches profitably all at once. And, you know, he's, he always, he'll always say, you don't know the story afterwards. Like some of them crashed and burned. He goes, but that was a team issue. That was like what you were saying, the dream team. Like he just couldn't keep up with it. You know, it was mm-hmm. just too much um, at one time. I think time. that's a valuable point that you talk about there. 
you know, that point that Glenn said, because I was, I was um, talking to someone else today on a podcast and, and he was talking about um, the way he framed it was he went into the underbelly of the industry. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is he went in and uncovered and looked at the underbelly of the industry, looked at what are the bad things, like what are the things that are happening in here that may change my perception about entering into this? Mm. Yeah, like so many entrepreneurs and small business owners simply go, yeah, I want that because they're driven by the dollar. Like they're, they're driven by the dollar. Yeah. Um, and well, not always just the dollar, but majority, right? Yep. Driven by the dollar. Yep. Yeah. Why are you starting your new evergreen webinar? Well, cause it's the dollar. So I can put on autopilot and do nothing, but, <laughs> but it's, um, it's, it's a good way to look at things. If you're sitting and you're listening to this and you're not currently in an industry or you're looking to move into another industry, it's easy just to say, yeah, do your research, but go and actually figure out what are the bad things. Go and ask people in the industry and go, what are the, like, if you had to give me 10 or five things that you don't like about this industry, what would they be? Yeah. And, and you know, find the honest truth about it, man, that you might actually go, oh, she's not what, not what I thought it was actually cracked up to be. Because yeah. what most people do is they will look for, you know, they'll be programmed just to look for the good in something potentially. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs, because we we're momentum-based beings, we want to move forward. Yep. So we're always trying to hang on to the good thing, you know, and we, we sort of turn a bit of a blind side to maybe the underbelly side of it. Mm. Yeah, I think that there's there's just something to be said for when you can really – I mean, I love what even what you said. Like, would you do what you do for free for the rest of your life? You know, if money wasn't a problem. And I think that there's, you know, it seems like when people are successful, somehow it's like, how do they get, you know, how do they, I mean, first of all, nothing fails like success. But a lot of people, once they're successful, it's like they get, you know, when you're not worried about paying your bills, suddenly you can relax a little bit more. And then it all becomes about contribution. And when you really want to contribute, when you really have someone's pain points and struggles and helping them in your heart, you know, it just makes resonating with them so much easier. And if you can resonate with them and have a bond with them and rapport with them, suddenly, you know, like it all becomes, it all just becomes easier. It's less pushy. It's less, you know, I mean, it's like if you're sitting down with your mom, like, mom, you have to take your medicine. Like I know, you know, and your mom doesn't want to, and you know what I like, or who, like pick someone, you know, you got to get your grandma to move. Like it just becomes a more intimate conversation where you can even say things like stop being an idiot. Like you wouldn't, most people be like, I could never say that on a webinar. My, you know, but you can, if you really know who you're talking to, I mean, you could talk to yeah. them like a stern, but loving parent. You can't do that if you don't really know them. I mean, you can try it, but if it's some, if, Oh, I heard on Daryl's podcast, I got to call my, you know, my fans my, my prospects, idiots, like you can't, you can't just copy it. It's not a monkey see monkey do thing. It's an intuitive thing because you're, you're in it. And so I just, I really like that part, the whole getting involved in the community, really understanding who you're targeting. And in today's day and age, there's no excuse not to, you can read all the reviews, the negative reviews on Amazon. You can go through all the forums. You can read in the Facebook groups. You can do keyword research. I mean, keyword research, people still, it baffles me to this day. People don't take keyword research more seriously because I mean, I'm taking my intimate thoughts while I'm alone in my room, thinking that no one's watching and putting Mm. them into Google. Like never in the history of humanity have we ever had that much of an ability to really know what people are thinking and feeling about what's going on. And Google does have to work for you. Put in a keywords like, do you mean this group of keywords? They'll give you seven groups of keywords. And you're like, oh, and you just drill down and drill down until you try and find out what the real pain points are. 
You know, I mean, that's I, there's just there's so much that can be done with that. So the whole research part, I just think that's really valuable. You know, that research part. If if you really get dialed in with a group of people and want to help them, um, why not? You know, how, well, let, how, let me give you let me give you another point to think about with that. That's sure. equally valuable, I believe. Sure. The four parts, like I said, to the movement, providing a plan, what do you advocate for, what do you defend against, and what do you define and unify? For me, if we go back, if we jump into the what do you defend against, okay, this is something that doesn't get talked about because it's semi-negative to a lot of people. But it really helps you come back with the congruency of what it is that you're truly doing and why you're truly doing it. Mm. So for me, part of the Authority Academy movement I defend against fake experts, Hmm. people out there who are not able to build their own business. So they'll start charging others on how to build theirs. There's there's a new Facebook expert every day who jumps out and maybe they've created one good successful campaign and now they're wanting to teach others. Now, don't get me wrong. I teach people how to become authorities and experts in the area so they can get their message out there. But there also needs to become a time where you need to walk your talk. Yeah, well, you need to walk before you run, yeah. right? You need to walk before you fly. Yeah. And there's too many people out there flying before they've even crawled. And that, that's unfortunate because it's it's so easy, though, to be able to perceive yourself out there as an expert, right? Yeah. Without actually having any runs on the board. Yeah. So one of my biggest things, like I said, is I defend against fake experts. So what does that mean? And how does that even apply? Because I'm sure everyone would defend, you know, you hearing that, I'm sure you're like, yeah, I would defend against fake experts. It's important because it helps you become congruent and aligned with your message that you're trying to portray. Look at the biggest movement that is happening right now on this planet as we talk. CrossFit? No, not at all. (laughs) Is on your side of of the world... The presidential candidate, Donald Trump, right? Oh, I'm in the Philippines now, but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. He, he, Donald Trump, oh, the, the, the entire candidacy, mm-hmm. he has created such a powerful movement that honestly there could be a news report tomorrow in the news that Donald Trump, Trump murdered someone. And it, I mean, it would affect, but there would be a core of people that would be like, you know what, I don't care what Donald does because I'm buying and holding on to what he's speaking, the tr- his truth. Right. to them, whatever right, it is. Right, right. Whatever your policy is on this stuff, it does, it's irrelevant. But the reality is, is success does leave clues. Sometimes you can get clues from things that maybe ain't working the best or maybe not so ethical. But we're wanting to be ethical because what it then does is it allows me, it allows me to know what I stand for mm-hmm. and what I'm going to communicate because I'm going to put out messages to the world. You know, and I'm not sure if you've seen any of my, of my Facebook posts where I've said, hey, look, you know, and I've dressed it in an ethical manner, you know, an authentic manner where I sort of am calling out people who, hey, look, you know, to to my movement going, be aware of people out there who are, you know, parading around as this, this and this. Because I get people come to me every single week. You know, I get a handful of people go, hey, look, I want to join your community because um, I went to this person, they charged me this and they under-delivered. And it's because that they don't really know what they're trying to teach and it's becoming you know, very, very popular, you know, someone goes to an event and now all of a sudden they're a funnel expert because they watched someone teach a funnel. Mm-hmm. And I, I see this firsthand, right? I see it firsthand. And I've had to pull up a couple of people that I know well 
and say, man, you need to stay in your lane. Mm. Mm. And if I don't, and most people don't do it because number one, they don't want to be a keyboard warrior. They don't want to create any tension between anyone. They'd rather yeah. just sit back. And that was me. I was doing that for a long time. I'd be, I've believed this for so long, but I was sitting there going, you know, what? I'm not even going to get into enter into this because it's just it'll it could cause something and this and that. But that was just stirring up my own internal emotions, right? Mm-hmm. But what it then does, and I once I first did this and gave myself permission to go, you know, what? this is what I stand for. If I don't share this with my community and my my movement, how am I going to allow people to know what I truly stand for and what they can be a part of if they join? Right. It changes the way you do marketing. It changes the way that you deliver a message. Mm. It's it's so powerful. And it put it gets people to be able to go, you know what? I'm going to raise my hand and I like what he says and I want to find out more about that. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's also going to get people to go, oh, he's such a dicky, you know, what a douchebag, blah, blah, blah. That's cool. Yeah. Right? That's cool. I, I get that. You know, I know people, some people aren't going to like me. Some people will. And when we... And that was a big thing for me as well, why I didn't want to do it because, you know, you I've been to, growing didn't want to, Yeah, you didn't want to make enemies. Yeah, I want everyone to like me, right? Yeah. That was that was how I was being. But the reality is that's just not going to be the case, unfortunately. No. But the point I make there is you need to also, you know, find out what your customers want and need and also what they don't want or what they don't need, okay, and speak to that as well. Mm. Such a powerful distinction if you can yep. allow yourself to go there and think about it. It's it's um yep. it's transformable. Yeah, I mean that's one of the things Donald Trump, he was very polarizing and he was okay with having an unpopular opinion because it would pull his it would make the people who do believe him and like him and and follow that. It'll like he'll he'll say he'll say it because it'll 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 polarize the audience and it'll pull push others away from him and it'll pull others closer. So yeah, yeah sometimes. And who do you want to work with? Do you want to work with people who are on the fence or people who are all in? Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. That's awesome. So Brett, I know we're approaching the end of this, but if people really resonate what you're doing, I mean, what are you excited about now? What do you have going on? How do people get involved? People want to hear more of your message. You know, where can they reach out? Well, look, I've got probably two things that I think would be of most benefit to, to the listener if you've gotten any benefit out of so far. And if you're still listening, you you certainly do. Um, or else you must be extremely bored to keep listening. Um, <laughs> is You've heard me talk about the overarching concept of Authority Academy. You know, I created that purely to bridge the gap between, you know, ideas and execution. You know, there's too many people out there teaching hey, you need to set this up, you need to do this, you need to have a webinar and send five emails after it, but they don't tell you how to actually do it and they don't show you how to do it. Mm. So the Authority Academy is an online coaching community and it's literally $99 a month to become a member and you get access to world-class trainings, you know, the exact trainings that we use to generate hundreds of thousands of leads, thousands, tens of thousands of customers, et cetera. Um, so if that's of interest to you and you want to fill in some blanks, go check out that at authority-academy.com. But the most exciting thing that's happening right now is is my book that I've just created. Um, well, actually, I wrote it back in November. Uh, we got picked up by a New York publisher, um, so we're going down the traditional route. Um, oh, that's awesome! This time, and it's you know launching in October. Um, but uh, if anyone wants to find that, it's called Right Now 
why not you and why not now, which is the other side of the, the fence when it comes to entrepreneurial um, you know, life. Uh-huh. It's the, I truly believe that there's too many of us not living to our full potentials uh-huh. um, and that life is too short to not be living to your full potential. And I've created a framework that literally takes the, you know, the philosophy, the, the overarching how to's and actually create a framework on how you can actually start uncovering your true purpose, your, your full potential. And then how do you actually go out there and execute on a daily basis? And, you know, that, that's what's got me really, really excited. And, um, if anyone wants to to go check it out and uh, pick up a copy, you could just go to brettcampbell.net forward slash book. Um, so you can find out um, all about it, and you know, I've got a couple hundred dollars worth of bonuses that I'm giving away for the, you know, for the launch special as well, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, but yeah, one of the things that's included with that as well is what we call our right now um, daily planner, which I think is imperative, and we didn't get to touch on here, but it's you know we use this in our team on a daily basis. But um, it doesn't matter if you've got a team or don't have a team of people. If you're just working for yourself, if you want to get more done in less time, and this is a you know really um, practical um, training that you can go through. And you know we religiously swear by it. In fact, I've got one sitting right next to me right now that I need to fill out after this because I need to then upload it to our team file because you know the the, the day's ended here, so we need to, I need to get that done um, so we can all you know have our meeting tomorrow morning and just tick the boxes. That's awesome. That's so awesome. Yeah, no, everything, a daily thing. In fact, I'm in the Philippines right now looking to get, um, I think we talked about this a little bit with the nonprofit that I'm working on. And a huge part of it Mm -hmm. is helping these people who are homeless, one, be fed every day, but have a powerful daily routine, which, I mean, you talk about a daily planner. It really is. I mean, success is just doing the right thing every day and failure is just neglecting to do the right things every day over enough, a long enough time span. So uh, there's no time like the present to get back on track though. So what were the URLs again? We've got the URL for your book. Yep. So you can go to brettcampbell.net forward slash book. Okay. Um, and basically you go to brettcampbell.net and you can find the link out to anything that I've that I'm involved in and the authority Academy though is authority dash academy.com. And I, and I go out there and, and say, you won't find anything out there um, even remotely close in regards to value versus investment to be a part of this because um, one of the biggest things that I wanted to do when I was creating this movement, right? Because this was one of the first businesses that I have to say that I've literally created the movement prior before actually doing it. You know, when I said to you earlier, I was, I was out there just chasing opportunities. I wasn't creating one. One of the biggest distinctions that I had was, you know, one of the biggest things that I advocate for is products that encourage adoption, but they must be affordable and accessible for people who want and need it. Hmm. When I was starting out in the industry, a hundred bucks a month, you know, is whilst we can look at it and go, wow, it's a no brainer of an investment. But I do know that for people, even a hundred dollars a month can, can be tough to actually right. to get out there. But I want to be able to help that person. I want to be able to help me back then, you know, when I wanted to start getting into the, this world and being able to get my passion, skill message out to the people who want to need it most. And, yeah, I've really aligned with that and it's, you know, something I'm so proud about because, you know, I had this uh, massive conversation with a you know great friend of mine about this and, you know, because, and, and, I'll, and I'll finish with this point. I don't want to hijack the ending, but <laughs> one of the biggest things that happened with me was I had this vision to help millions of people, right? Millions of people. 
Yet at the time, my products and services and deliverables in this area was $5,000 a month to work with me. That was that was the only offering I have. Mm-hmm. $5,000 a month, not many people are going to be able to afford that. So I had an incongruency of what I was wanting to achieve on this planet versus what Access I was actually offering. Yep. And I went back to the drawing board and then I said, you know what? I need to make this as affordable as I possibly can for people. Um, so, you know, if, if any of that resonates and you're looking for, for strategies to you know, build your online um, landscape and follow the authority roadmap, look, I'd love to even send me a message on Facebook, find me, Brett Campbell. You know, I reply to every message and, you know, I'll be there to, to support you if I can. Brett, I really appreciate you coming here, my friend. I really value and it's, you know, you could have been dealing with your own community talking about that. I mean, you came here and you talked to us and yeah, it gets you maybe some exposure in front of some new people, but you already have a live audience. You already have, sorry, a paying member base. You already have your own channels. You really didn't have to come and do this. So I really appreciate the time you took away from your family, from your friends, from your paying customers and your community and your own team to come and share with us. And hopefully some of the people listening really got some good action tips out of that. I hope that they were uh, listening with a pen and paper. I know that I took notes. Um, and so I really value that you're willing to share and help some of these people trying to get up and over the fence. And if anyone here, again, depending if any of this resonates with you, please go check it out, especially the book. I always say one of the best investments you can make is a book because it's just a few mm. dollars. And a lot of times people put a lifetime of learning and education and training <laughs> yeah. into it. So, uh, again, yeah. yeah, please just go back to those URLs, check that out. And Brett, just thank you again, man, just for being and coming and being uh, sincere and sharing with my audience. Total pleasure. It's it's um awesome and it's it's great. You know we've only recently connected, but mate, I can see us um you know having a great friendship and uh, mate, what you're doing as well. It's it's you know equally as important and you know being the platform to be able to help you know share this message as well. So mate, thanks so much for having me. You've reached the end of our interview. Now, first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First. What three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, what can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give to them to just do it for you? Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better, and your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself. And remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.